You're listening to the 12th Region Sports Podcast. PBK Bank has locations in Stanford, Danville, Mount Vernon, Junction City, and Houstonville. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. The People's Bank since 1906. PBKBank.com. Show starts in three, two, one. Guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the 12th Region Sports Podcast. And guys, we are uh, in the last week of high school football uh, regular season. So it's becoming a, a, a about to wrap up to see who's going to be playing who and, and one of the most interesting and most fun types of football season right here. So we're joined with Chris and Zach again. Guys, how you guys doing? Doing good. How are you? Pretty good. Hey, uh, so... Let's talk about last week's games here real quick. So, uh, Zach, I know you got a couple of the scores. Let's run run over a couple of scores from last week's uh, games, and then we'll talk about – we'll break down a couple of those games and talk about them. All right. Adair County 49, McCurry Central 20, Bull County 49, Wayne County 14, Casey County 41, Marion County 32, Madison Southern 39, West Jessamine 7, Montgomery County 14, East Jessamine 13, Mercer County 48, Garrett County 20, Rock Castle 52, Knox Central 14, Breathitt County 50, Danville 13, Taylor County 37, Lincoln County 21, Somerset 36, Leslie County 13, and our 12th region game of the week, Southwestern 28, Pulaski County 16. Mm. Yeah, and, you know, let's start with that Southwestern Pulaski County game. Um, You know, that was part of of the bowl that they had down there in Pulaski County. And that's, you know, that was a good environment. Um, You know, we got down there probably about maybe 6.30 in the afternoon. um, And we got a chance to watch their, uh, the Little Little League Bowl. Um, I think the Burnside, I can't remember what their team's name were, but it was the Burnside. Burnside ended up winning. And I think with that, I didn't realize that, kids at that level they they always go for the two-point conversion so he the kid ended up winning on a two-point conversion uh to win the championship um for that little group down there but um man guys that southwestern Pulaski county environment is insane and one of the best things i liked about that is the lights after the touchdown spot so you know, i thought that was pretty cool yeah i mean that's an exciting thing we talked about it last week how the whole community gets involved um and when you talk about you know Pulaski county historically with what they do they're having a damn year but you know they were a three and six football team that was in it until until late against a solid southwestern team so pitch the records out the window the whole town gets involved the kids get hyped for it and and the game didn't let us down i mean it was a you know the game was closer than the score indicates hey chris one of the one of the most interesting well i wouldn't say interesting but uh the, one of the things that I noticed while we were down there is, uh, you know, usually in the southwestern Pulaski County matchups, 
Coach Hines and Coach Foley both talked about, you know, before pregame, before uh, before we didn't even put them on the on the um, highlights, but they talked about how it was always usually crowded around the the field, and it seemed like when we we were there on that Friday night, like the the gates and everything was surrounded the track, so it didn't seem like the crowd was close enough to the field as they normally were. So kind of the feel of the game was just kind of off. Yeah, you know, I've not been down there this year, but I've I've been told they've kind of push some things back and it just don't bring the environment that you know it normally has so but you know if I was down there I'd been more excited about the little league game because I really enjoy watching them little kids play <laughs> yeah they, uh, the, the, that was about you know seeing kids like that and, and being able to be out there and just whenever Kenny brought out that belt it was uh you know it's kind of like oh, eyes yeah. just lit up and uh, everybody wanted to be around there so uh, but also a funny story while we're on that. Uh, so when we first got there, Coach Hines, uh, we, we went in there and talked to Coach Hines a little bit. And um, the, the AD there, I can't believe his, I can't remember his name, but he ended up uh, bringing the trophy out for the little kids. And um, we were sitting there talking to Coach Hines, and both of them ended up leaving and going somewhere. And so Kenny gets stuck with the trophy. Like, it's handed to him, and all at once the game ends. And the, 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 name, the guy over the intercom says, and we're about to have the trophy presentation. And Kenny's just sitting there with the trophy and like, what am I supposed to do with this trophy? <laughs> He's like, there's nobody to give it to. So he just randomly walks out in their field. And, <laughs> and the next thing you know, Coach Hines goes out there with them. And then they both out there handing the trophy. So <laughs> that way well, the, they, they, they know Kenny enjoys the spotlight anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can't get rid of that. But uh, yeah. but anyway, you know, some of the, the, the game at the beginning, you know, Pulaski County ended up striking first. Pulaski County kicked, the, I think it was a 35-yard field goal uh, to start the game off and get and take the lead. And then, you know, after that, it just seemed like Southwestern's, um, you know, physicality just started taking over the, the game. And, you know, that's what Coach Foley talked about, you know, pregame was that, you know, that's their whole main – that's their whole goal is to wear down the other team physically at the line of scrimmage and – when they hit, they hit. So, you know, Zach, that's like – that's one of those things, you know, that you played football before. I never played football. But I know that over time and over the long – the strength of the game, being hit consistently over and over again just takes a toll on your body. It does. And a team comes at you just over and over and over and over. I mean, you know, it, it, it does beat – it beats – it just wears you down. And so that's what Southwestern does. I mean, we talked about the run game being too much for Pulaski. And, I mean, in, in the end it was um, – they, they ran for over 300 yards. Didn't I mean, they, they were six for nine passing, didn't have to throw the ball a whole lot, but they probably did just enough just to keep Pulaski honest so they could just keep pounding the ball. And they did. Um, but, you know, on, congrats to Southwestern on the win. But on the flip side, you know, if you, if you look at records and stuff like that, you know, hats off to Pulaski too for hanging around because on paper it was a game that, that could have got away from Pulaski and, and been a lot worse than it was. So, but went the way about the way that we expected um, with Southwestern, you know, getting away late in the ball game. Yeah, Chris, yeah, sitting, go ahead. You know, you know, just to touch, Southwestern is one of those teams that really focus on fundamental tackling and fundamentally hitting, you know, hitting and blocking throughout the season, even after August. There's a lot of teams that kind of cut some of that stuff out, and it's almost like being a boxer or a wrestler, mm-hmm. if you don't continuously take punches throughout <laughs> yeah. the year, once you go into a fight, you're not used to getting hit. So it, it does wear on some teams. But a lot of teams kind of cut that out. 
you know, they, they get injury prone or, you know, they have some things happen. So, yeah. Well, Chris, I know that, uh, you know, your guarantee of the week last week, uh, you know, had you had Danville beating Breathitt County to get their first win, but Breathitt County ended up beating Danville 50-13. to uh, What did you take from this game? I just – Breathitt was just too much. Um, Danville's still in growing pains, new coach, new system. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to have to get some things figured out, and I think they will moving forward next year. I think this year just pretty much finding themselves, seeing where they're at what they can build on. Um, you know, they got a lot of young players, so – and they got some they got some good middle school kids coming up next year. So, yeah, looking forward to them, you know, just growing. You know, Aiden Lanigan is also on this podcast, and you guys will be able to listen to that after this. Uh, you know, Aiden talked about how, uh, you know, they've had a growing, you know, growing spurt and they've had a, a, you know, down season. But, you know, he talked really highly of Coach Parks and, and talked about their – uh, you know their his his role on the on the defensive and offensive line. But one word that stood out to me when he talked was um, the dedication. And he said that um, you know next year, his senior year, he hopes that you know being able to see those young guys improve and grow a little bit. You know next year they'll be able to have you know more of a of a dedication um, awareness of everything. So um, hopefully you guys get a chance to to finish the podcast and listen to that and you know Aiden you know Aiden's a good kid he uh he talked a little bit about him you know going into um uh um uh, being a pilot you know in college so that's something interesting that you know I found out about him so um but Danville ended up losing 50 to 13 and you know they got one more game next week and then you know off the playoffs at the end of that so um let's jump now to uh Taylor County and Lincoln County. Now, Chris, I know you were at that game a little bit. Taylor County beat Lincoln County 37-21. to 21. What did you take from that game? Taylor's a good football team, but they did exactly what I thought their kind of game plan was. They came out really physical, kind of chippy, and got mm-hmm. Lincoln County – kind of – they got in our heads. And it kind of, you, you kind of see on the field that – we, we kind of got out of our game. We didn't really get out of our game plan, but mm-hmm. mentally we, we let their, you know, a, a late hit here or, you know, a bad – a cheap shot here. You know, it really took Lincoln out of their uh, clear mindset. So – and it and it came back to bite them. But, you know, looking to rebound this week and finish strong. And then one real quick, one thing I want to add in there. I was I was keeping up with this game, and Chris, you know, he, you were there and could tell me. At the end of the first half, Lincoln picked up a big stop on third down, fourth down, something like that, and then they had an intentional grounding call, something, and and it, but it turns out to be an offsetting penalty, and it looked like Lincoln was going to get the football back with maybe just an opportunity to take a knee and run the half out, and I think it was a one point game, and those those penalties offset, and then Taylor County takes it down with minimal seconds left and scores. Is that is that what happened? Yes, yes. Listen, their running back is probably one of the best. Taylor's probably got one of the best running backs in the area. He is just a hard no, you know, downhill runner. You know, if if you don't hit him, then stop him. And we just, you know, all over the place. So yeah, that's... but yeah, you know, like I said, just just little little things like that with yeah. the penalties. You know, it, the. 
the crew we had, it was kind of, you know, I know there was some complications with the coaches, with the referees, and it is what it is. But, you know, you just got to move on past them games and just get ready for next week. Yeah, I mean, that was the turning point to me that there toward the end of the first yeah. half. Lincoln fought hard defensively, got stopped. And then, you know, I'm not going to listen to it on the radio and I, I hear something and then penalties offset. And then next thing I know, Taylor breaks a 50-something yard run down to the inside the 20 or close and then scores there with a few seconds left. And then from that point on, I think it just took the wind out of Lincoln's sails and Taylor asserted themselves in the second half and started just running the ball and eating, some, eating the clock up. And that's yeah. all she wrote for Lincoln. Yeah, the the running back you're talking about, Chris, is Peyton Smith. He, Peyton Smith, he's got like – over 1,200 rushing yards on the year and 15 touchdowns. So, you know, that, that I actually didn't realize that about him. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty – that's pretty. That's a large a large amount of rushing yards and only 127 rushing attempts. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that's I – did, I didn't realize that about him. So, um, but let's jump to uh, talk a little bit about East and Montgomery County. Now, Zach, this is the – you know, East Chessman ended up losing to Montgomery County 14 to 13. But – this is the sixth or seventh loss that East Jespin has had under one point. Well, well so, not under a one-score game. Under one-score game, yes. yeah. So seven or less, eight or less, and and man, I tell you, that's heartbreak. Um, yeah. You you flip that around, and you know, going into the last game of the year, you know, East is a six and two football team possibly, and on the and then I think that with one win currently. So, I mean. It tells me all the signs that they're going the right direction with East. They're doing things right. They're in ball games late. They just haven't gotten one to fall their way yet. And unfortunately, um, you know, it puts them, you know, coming into going into the playoffs with a uphill battle against a tough opponent. But you know, hats mm-hmm. off to them for sticking with it because it, it'd be easy just to to not give up. And I'm not saying that's what they would do, but it's got to be heartbreak to be that close, but yet that far away. Yeah. You know, and some. Um... Some of the other kids that stood out during that game, Dante Parker Morton actually had 177 passing yards under 28 attempts. He had two two passing touchdowns in this game. Uh, but, you know, one of the kids that I want to mention um, that really stood out to me during when we went to watch the East-West game last week um, was Sean Reed. He's a, he's a, he's kind of like a, um, I guess you would say like, uh, who's the West Welker? I, I believe that's what I'm trying to say. He used to play for the, is it the Patriots and the, the, the yep. Broncos? He, he's that type of player. He's got, you know, he, he pretty much leads them in catches and rushing and receiving kind of. So, you know, he's he's somebody to look forward to over the next, uh, you know, little bit here. Um, yeah, but, you know, you know, touching on these right here real quick, they've only got seven or eight seniors that they're losing. Yeah. If you look at their roster, I mean, they're a young team. Yep. And to be this close into these games as, as they are, and even, you know, watching their JV team firsthand last night when Lincoln played played them for uh, third and fourth place in the tournament, I mean, they're a good football team, and they got a lot of great young kids coming up. So, East could be a factor in the years coming. They can. And uh, I'm going to give a shout-out here. I know a, a young man on that team, Brady Cummins, he's a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Uh, plays wide receiver. He got in his first varsity action over the weekend with two catches. So um, I know he's had some awesome plays uh, and some JV games coming up, but I guess the coaching staff uh, picked up on what the young man's doing. They put him in a varsity game, and he had two catches in his first ever varsity action. So shout out to him. Big things coming for him in the future, and hopefully the Jaguars as well. Yeah, and Coach, you know, Coach Bowling actually, uh, when we got a chance to talk to him, and we, we, we were hoping to get that interview up. 
you know, last week, but we and Kenny had technical difficulties and we couldn't get that pre pregame coaches interview up. But, you know, he talked about the culture that he has there. And, you know, even though they've, they've lost one score games that, you know, everybody stayed focused and everybody's been, you know, uh, in, in good mindset and, um, you know, that he's got a good program coming up for it and a couple of good classes coming up. So, you know, the Jaguars are looking to, to, you know, be a, be a big factor in class five a there in the next couple of years. So, uh, guys, let's jump to talk a little bit about the Boyle and Wayne County game. Now, uh, I know Zach, you were at this game where you kept up with it. Boyle ended up beating Wayne County 49 to 14. And, and I think that, you know, Dumford didn't have a really outstanding game, but, you know, he kind of made his presence known just a little bit there for Wayne County at the end. He did. Uh, he had some big catches in the, even in the first half. I mean, I hate to say it. He was about all Wayne had. Um, yeah. and the, you know, they, the, he's unbelievable. Um, yeah. I mean, he's big, he's physical, he's athletic, he's strong, he's fast, he's quick. I mean, he's everything in between. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's just a two or three, you know, three-step drop back and just float it out there on on a go route on the outside, and he just goes and gets it. And, and yeah. you know, if Wayne had anything to, to go with that at some point in time or another dynamic someplace to take some attention off of him, yeah. um, I, I don't know that they would have won any more football games, but they would – I mean, their record, you look at them, they're six and three, but – Man, he's just a he's. But that kid is spectacular, um, and and the, some of the plays that he makes and just his knack for the ball is 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 unteachable, uncoachable, and and he is fun to watch. Yeah, you know it, it's amazing. Yeah, when you when you got athletes like him and Quisenberry and Mar Brown, you know kids who can run, you know low fours, mid fours, forties, mm-hmm. and can make plays like that. I mean, it don't matter who you're playing. I mean when you're that quick and you're that fast, you can make plays, but you know, you're saying that if they had another kid here and there, they may not have won a lot of more games, but they could have been more competitive Correct. against a, a team like boy, you know, and you know, you always try to, you know, they say they feed your, feed your stud there, but you know, I think Wayne County sees what they've got and they got some more pieces next year coming up too. So. They do. And, and like I say, I yeah. mean, just somebody just to take a little bit of spotlight off of him to make you yeah. have to look a different direction. Cause it's no secret when they drop back, they don't throw mm-hmm. it to him every time, but every single time, the, I mean, it's just the entire He's play is, is directed toward him. And, and it's, it's obvious, but in that and kudos to the kid too. I mean, everybody in the stadium or in the, in, in <coughs> everybody that can see the game know, knows where the ball's going and he still finds yeah. a way to make a play. So, at, I mean, the kid's tough. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to see him on the basketball court in the next couple, you know, the next couple of months. So, anyway, we'll talk about that next time. But, uh, guys, let's talk about uh, Rock Castle, or not Rock Castle, but uh, Gary County and Mercer County. So, you know, Mercer County ended up beating Gary forty-eight to twenty. Um, Chris, what did you what did you take from this game? When you know, I know Gary County ended up losing forty-eight to twenty, but you know, they showed some signs of some good things. You know, not not to fold down, and you know. To at least put 20 points up against somebody like Mercer County is kind of a is a building block for Gary County. Now I know I know Spencer or Coach Kirchfield there don't see it like that, but I mean he could have came out and laid a goose egg. But his kids fought the entire game, and unfortunately Mercer was just a little too high powered for the defense. But you know, like I said, Garrett County's a young team too, so moving forward you're going to start seeing. You know, just like East Jasmine, you're going to start seeing more and more growth over the next two years. Yep. And, you know, uh, Justin Parsons threw 
for over 105 yards with a touchdown during this game. And um, Chris uh, Cameron Peak, uh, you know, I know he's a kid that uh, his name has been mentioned over the past couple of weeks having some breakout games. You know, him and him and Malachi Simmons both were kind of like the thunder and lightning, if you so to speak, with uh, uh, for Gary County for their rushing game. Um, you know, Malachi actually had 79 rushes or 79 rushing yards for over a touchdown. So, uh, you know, that's something for them to look forward to, um, you know, going down the stretch here, getting into postseason. Yeah, you know, Malachi, you know, started the season not healthy. He was in a right. boot. Yep. Um, then you take Cam Peak, had been battling injuries there at the beginning. So they're, they're starting to come around a little bit, but, you know, they, they still got a little bit to go. But it's just good to see kids like that finally getting in their stride, you know, this time of the season. Yeah, game. Uh, another game that uh, happened on Friday night: Rockcastle uh, and Knox Central. Now, uh, Rockcastle or beat Knox Central fifty-two to fourteen. And guys, we're going to Rockcastle again for our last uh, highlight game of the week, uh, back and body highlight game of the week. But you know, Coach Larkey and, and his uh, Rockcastle County Rockets have been uh, have been turning heads here these past couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, hey, to, to go to go to Knox Central, and I, you know, with with the with the explosion of running back play that Knox Central's got, and to hold them that far down, you know, we kind of ragged on Rockcastle at, at the beginning of the year due to their we, we thought it was not the greatest schedule starting out, but they've showed over the last four or five games that they're one of the top teams in the twelfth region. So, I mean. I guess we, we we don't know as much as Coach Larky does. Yeah, yeah, and I and I know it's always nice when we have a podcast. There's always some dog that gets famous on the, <laughs> on the, on the podcast, but <laughs> I think Zach's having some uh, some issues with the, some stuff. So, uh, but he'll be back in just a second. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, Chris, uh, when we're talking about um, you know in Rockcastle County, I know uh, you know we talked about kids like Christian Larky and. and um, um, Tucker Warren, but you know, some of the kids on the defensive side of the ball and Rock, Rockcastle County is putting up some really good numbers on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, yeah, you know, and he, I think that's one of the one of the biggest things for Coach Larkey when it, you know we went to talk to him, like you know, the very the first couple weeks of the year. You know, he he's a great coach. He, he's won everywhere he's been. He knows he know it's it's he he's a good coach because he knows where to put this kid or this kid or this kid. You know he. He comes from a football family, mm-hmm. and you know when you got that kind of chemistry that you could just sit back and you can see your team just like he does. You know everything works, and you know, you know Rockcastle wasn't the greatest last year, and it's 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 a big turnaround. Just like Craig East at Mercer County wasn't the greatest last year, but in year two they have completely flipped their programs with with the systems they got. So. Yeah. Well, guys, I think that wraps up this week's uh, or last week's games. Uh, let's jump now to this week's uh, set of games that is happening on the very last week of, of Friday Night Light. So, uh, Chris, Lincoln County ends up going to Mercer County in the McGinnis Home Improvement game. Uh, you know, there at Mercer County, Alvis Johnson Field. Um, you know, what have you seen uh, so far from Mercer County this year that and uh, what has Lincoln got to do to end up? Uh, you know, getting a win there in Mercer County. Well, Lincoln's got to come out and just 
and just play like they like they know how to play. Um, they they can compete with any team around here. But we got it, you know. Mercer County's got a real explosive offense, and their defense has kind of been a weakness. You know, we've got some weapons we can throw at them. You know, hopefully we're watching the Casey County games and the Garrett County games to kind of see what mm-hmm. they're doing. But you know, we just got to shut down. We got to shut down their 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 explosive plays, and really not you know turn the ball over. You know the the run game from uh, from Mercer County. You know it's uh, um, you know kids like Thaddeus Mays and and um, the wide receiver, the Drakeford. You know uh, Drakeford, yeah. Ashton Dra- is it Ashton Drakeford? Yes. Um, you know it's it's kids like that that uh, you know has been turning heads over the past couple of weeks, and we're looking forward to to seeing what they're going to bring to the table. Um, McCurry Central ends up going to Lynn Camp this week. Uh, Henry Henry Clay travels to the reservation to play Southwestern. Now, I think that's going to be an interesting game, uh, Chris, to to watch. But one of the one of the more interesting games to watch, uh, Zach, would be Glasgow at Somerset. Now, I know you got a little insight on this Glasgow and Somerset matchup that's happened this week. Yeah, um, I think you know I always talk about game like a low key game being a game of the week, um, and and having, but. These are two solid football teams that, that are looking to make some noise come playoff time. And um, Somerset, man, you talk about a team that's just turned some heads all season long. Um, and then Glasgow's a solid football team every year. You know, I look for this to be a, a knockdown type game at Somerset. And, um, you know, a game that I certainly wanted to, to hit on is just to talk to about just, just being a very, very solid, two solid football teams getting prepared for a, for a deep playoff run. So, real, real good game. You know, Chris, uh, you know, uh, Somerset is leading by one of their, uh, you know, their top players in Cam Hughes, and he's actually leading and is one of the top five or top seven in the state in rushing right now and one of the leading candidates for our offensive player of the year. You know, when you have kids like Cam and, and Chris Hughes who pretty much consistently can run the ball the way they do, um, you know, you, you always can give Somerset a, you know, they're always going to be in the ball game no matter who they're playing. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to hey, big round of applause for those two guys because you take with losing losing somebody like Guy Bailey mm-hmm. and some other athletes, you know, last year, you kind of look and say, well, where are we at, you know, with a new coach? But you know, these, these kids these kids know how to ball out, and you know, it's amazing to watch guys like that when they get the ball in their hand and just watch them go. And you know. Yeah. And to think, you know, another guy we all want to give a shout-out to is Josh Bruner as well, the quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. The kid is known for over almost 1,100 yards, uh, 12 touchdowns to one interception. It's no secret that, that Somerset wants to run the football and run it effectively. But he's been spot on all season long and, you know, taking just a, just doing a little bit more than enough to keep defenses honest. And then when they're ready to throw it, I mean, he delivers. And, and he has put up numbers all year long. Ran the ball pretty effectively too, so – now, I know the Hughes boys get all the attention, but I don't. I'm not overlooking him and what he's done because he's beyond impressive this season. You know, I think this is probably. I wouldn't say every consistently every year, but I think we probably have uh, probably a, the deepest thousand yard uh, passing you know club members this year than we have in quite a while. Um, you know, kids like you know Sage. Sage Dawson, and then now the Bruner kid, and then the the Corbin Edwards from Wayne County, 
and then also Dante Parker Mark from East Jessman. And, you know, I think Gabriel Smith's probably up there too. But, you know, it, it seems like we basically just had a deep run of quarterbacks that's throwing over over a thousand yards over the past three to four weeks. Yeah, and even 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 at Lincoln, you know, I think it's all your Horton style. as well, yes. Yeah, it, it's this new style of I'm gonna say it's this new style of quarterback play. <laughs> well, it's it's when you got when you got athletes that you can throw five, ten, mm-hmm. maybe fifteen yard routes to, and they they just explode. You know, you got the quarterback should be thinking a lot of these receivers and running backs because <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, they're making them look good. And listen, it's part of the game, but you know, I just think it's the new style, and I think you're going to see a lot more bigger numbers from quarterback with how how the routes are being ran now so well and, and it, it's like you said the game's changed and somebody else give a shout yeah. out to tucker warren i mean he's almost at 1600 yards with 24 touchdowns and two interceptions but the game's changed i guess i guess you know the kids playing madden and whatnot and the coaches have bought into it too but but just the style of football's changed teams can still run it but they're just doing it a little bit more flashy now and, you know, with these athletes just getting them in space and letting them go. So, yeah. You know, I think uh, I think one of the, the two biggest games in our region this week is is Rockcastle County uh, against Casey County. That's going to be there at, at Rockcastle. And then Boyle County, you're traveling up, up the road about 45 minutes to Frederick Douglass. But um, let's first start finishing talking about Rockcastle and Casey County. Now, I know this probably is going to be the the battle of who's going to be able to run the ball the most and who's going to be able to have the most yards become between Evan Stevens and, uh, you know, the whole Rockcastle County uh, squad on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, what do you guys uh, take from this game? Zach, I'm going to start with you. Um, you know, it's easy. To, we've talked about, I think, Rockcastle County football and pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball. They're a prime mm-hmm. example of times have changed. They're turning over a new leaf, playing football. Not saying they don't, can't run the ball, but I look for in this game, um, I'm sure this might be our pick game coming up here, but I look for the passing game for Rockcastle to be just a little bit over the top for Casey. I think both teams can run the ball more than effectively, but Rock's passing game I think is going to be the, the X factor to me in this game. It's probably going to put them – at you know, come in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, I, I think this is this is a a more important game for Casey County to finish strong. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm looking at a knockdown drag out here. Um, I think I think passing will be key, but I still see it being low scoring game. I still see a defensive battle. You know, I think um, <laughs> I, I put the our offensive and defensive players of the week out, um, you know, before this podcast, before we started recording this podcast. And um, <laughs> I kind of I took over the Rams here from for Lee for doing that. He gave him the off day today. So I kind of took over the graphics and I messed up the, uh, the offensive player of the week. And Coach Larky sent a message and said, uh, we are a running team, not a passing team. <laughs> it was a, I had Tucker Warren being the offensive. He was the Amy Hazlett Offensive Player of the Week. And he had uh, over 300-some passing, pa- uh, pa- uh, 
passing yards and it was actually r- rushing yards. So <laughs> that's uh, that was kind of funny. But uh, but anyway, you know, we're, that is our highlight back and body chiropractic game of the week. We're going to Rockcastle County to to see uh, the Rebels play the Rockets, and um, you know that's going to be a game that I'm going to look forward to as you know as Coach uh, Levi's uh, Rogers and um, Coach Larkey. I think that uh, Casey County. Um, you know, they've had their up and down all year long, but, you know, I think this is going to be a good game to watch, and I think it might be end up being a high, probably one of the high-scoring games in the region this week. Well, now let's talk about the game that everybody pretty much has, has been talking about all year long, and that's the Frederick Douglass and Boyle County matchup. Now, you know, Zach, this has a big complications over the next uh, three weeks. Well, I guess you could say it's only going to be complications on one week. Uh, when it comes to uh, 4A playoffs, and uh, what is uh, what are your take on the Frederick Douglass and Bull County matchup? Um, athletes all over the fields for for both teams, uh, and and high profile, um, just a game that you look forward to. Um, as if I'm coaching one of these teams, you know these kids have thought about this game for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. But you you've got to keep your team grounded and keep them week to week playing the opponent ahead, but you know these kids with social media and as advanced as things are have been looking at this game for quite some time and thinking about it. And as a fan of a game, I don't know how you can't get hyped up for a game like this because it's just a high-profile game with two uh, two of your top teams across the state regardless of class. And you, just a game that you're going to look forward to just because of the, the high-power potential that it could have. Um, and mm-hmm. just just athletes and, and division one athletes all over the field and, and, and as a fan of football in our area this game has got to get you pumped up just because of the the caliber of players that you can see on a Friday night in high school football yeah you know this game has been odd going back to the previous two matchups mm-hmm. in 2021 when Bull beat Frederick Douglas 34 to seven. You know, at the farm, uh, the Lantern kid had a phenomenal – it was the Lantern versus the Key, the mm-hmm. Key kid, if I remember. You know, and there was kind of some hype about, you know, who was the best wide receiver, you know, and blah. You know, you know how social media is. But then we go back last year, the wheels had turned. Mm-hmm. Frederick Douglass went in 37-6. to six. Now, when you can hold Bull County to six points, that's that's making a statement. And if you can hold Frederick Douglass to seven, that's making a statement. But, I mean, I'm looking – I don't know if it's going to be that bad of a a, a margin this year. Yeah. I see a very, very explosive game. So, I think it's going to be fun to watch on both sides. Yeah, it's uh, – you know, it's been one of the most, uh, I guess you can say, highly anticipated games. You know, even when it comes to, you know, week three and week four, you know, it kind of got into the conversation where, okay – you know, when that RPI first kicked in, you were like, oh, man, like, you know, it, Bull County ended up being fifth, I believe fifth or sixth when the first RPIs ended up coming out. And then everybody started talking about, okay, where where would this scenario fit in? Who Who's going to, you know, if, if, if Cubcats is number one or Franklin County is number one, you know, where would Bull County end up at the end? And um, you get to hear on this podcast where I interview uh, – Troy Howe, who's a contributor there for KSR, and, you know, he's pretty knowledgeable about when it comes to class 4As and and all the classes and RPI scenarios. And something that he mentioned, uh, Zach, during this was if you look at Bull County and Corbin's RPI right now, Bull County is sitting at number four with .73923. Corbin is sitting at number five with .73908. 
you know, that close of an RPI makes this game on Friday night one of the most, you know, <laughs> yeah. important games when it comes to situation. Who's going to be traveling where to face who in the third round of the playoffs? And in the way this scenario ends up coming in, if Boyle County ends up defeating Frederick Douglass, it looks like if everything plays out right, Corbin will have to travel to Rebel Stadium on round three. Uh, to play, you know, at the playoff, third round playoffs at Cor- at Boyle. If Boyle was to lose to Frederick Douglass, and and Corbin's RPI stays, Boyle can that that RPI is going to determine, you know, d- determines on how Franklin County does and, and Paducah Tillman, I believe. But you know, Boyle County could end up having to go to Corbin third round. They, so uh, this game is going to be huge. Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's plain and simple. If you win, you get a home game in the third round. If you get beat, you're on the road. So. Um, it's it's pretty clear cut and dry. What's on what's at stake, and you know, just show up and and bring your bring your A game and 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 let it all hang out. And I mean, that's this is what high school football is all about. This hundred yeah. percent, what it's all about. Probably one of the most high profile games across the, across the board in the state. I know there's going to be a lot of eyes on it. Yeah. And last week, uh, what what shifted the four A a lot more different than what it was. There there was also going to be two or three scenarios that played out uh, for Boyle if they ended up making. Uh, the third round, but with with Ashling Blazer going down last week to Johnson Central, that ended up changing the whole dynamic pretty much of Class 4A. You know, I think Cuffcast ends up is pretty long, locked in at number one right now at .76. They got a big gap, and of course Paducah Tillman and Franklin County could could just in a jump, and Boyle <laughs> could have ended up jumping. So you know, it's still got a lot to play out, but the the Ashland and Johnson Central game ended up shaking things out a lot more different than what they everybody thought it was going to. Yeah, you know, with this whole RPI being like an East and West type deal, yep. you know, it's – I don't like it, but when it brings this high of an intensity matchup in the third round, I kind of do like it. You yeah. know, I, I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but, you know, everybody's saying, hey, your state championship game is possibly going to be played third round. You know, it, it stinks, but – a guy like me, I'm going to enjoy watching it. So, exactly. Uh, I'm gonna to have to tell Kenny that if that's a, if that ends up being a third round matchup, I might have to take a week off <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and go to that one. But, um, but guys, that ends up wrapping this week's episodes of uh, of this week's 12th Region Sports Podcast. But you know, next week we'll actually get a chance to break down all the playoffs. Uh, we'll be able to know what teams are playing, who who's going to be playing first round. We'll we'll go through and dictate, you know, who's going to be who might potentially be playing who and even go as far as maybe a state championship contenders and, and that's coming from our region so guys that wraps up this week uh you know hey, it's, but jimmy it's you, you know what i mean by, by the third round that possibly could be our game of the week with what teams are left you are true that is, that is right so. uh, you know chris i didn't start thinking about that far enough you know i don't want to be working during uh, uh i want to actually watch that game as a fan so <laughs> But I think anyway. we all, I think ever I think everybody will every sports media person that is involved with that game will they'll have to go back and watch the the film later because there'll be so much stuff that they missed that they've been so locked in that you know it's going to be crazy so yeah and maybe I get some grippos maybe you will get some grippos uh, get that on that game so I can sit back and watch it and get in the recliner hey now so. now my my grippos do come from Corbin. Oh, so, okay. Uh, well. So I, I, we may have to bring some grippos down there for, <laughs> uh, for play. You know, 
player of the game or whatever. I'm, we'll be down for that. Everybody likes some grippos. But all right, Chris, that, that that pretty much wraps up this week. So, guys, stay tuned for our interview with uh, Troy Howe, who breaks down more in the Class 4A, and also get a chance to listen to to Aiden as he talks about uh, his, you know, the Danville Admirals team and a little bit about himself, and and hope you guys get a chance to to keep continue to to listen to that, and um, you know, just to get a little bit get a little bit to know about him. So, Chris, man, Zach, well, guys, we'll see you guys next week. All right, see you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of 12th Region Sports Podcast. We'll be right back. Twelfth Region Sports is brought to you by Snowy Shaved Ice. Call Snowy today, the official shaved ice of 12th Region Sports. 772-563-8711. D&D HVAC. All your heating and cooling needs, 901-623-0872. J&J Septic Service, tank pumping and repairs. Call Nick today, 606-669-1615. Danville Bolarama. My Town Realty, 25 years of experience. If you're looking to buy or sell, call Yolanda today. 606-510-2050. Dog Watch Hidden Fences. 859-265-1250. one one Business Solutions in Harrodsburg, Kentucky. And a Grippo's near you. All right, guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the 12th Region Sports Podcast. We are joined now by a very special guest who uh, I asked to come on here and talk to us a little bit about something interesting breaking down in 4A on this segment. But, uh, Troy, man, we thank you for coming on here on the show. We're joined by Troy Howe, who's uh, coming on the show this week to discuss uh, the topic of moving parts, uh, especially when it comes to the playoff scenarios in, in the Class 4A. So uh, Troy is actually a KSR uh, high school football and basketball contributor. He's a co-host of the Premier High School Sports Podcast, and he's a good friend here of us here at the 12th Region Sports Network. So Troy, how are you, sir? Hi, I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for having me on this RPI. It brings a lot more meaning to the regular season games, a lot more intrigue. But it sure does make things confusing, so I'll I'll yeah. I will do my best. Yeah, it sure does. So, you know, when we look at this current setup and, and talking about the the four A class RPI, uh, we have Covington Catholic setting at one for a point seven six eight, uh, Paducah Tillman that is at point seven five zero, Franklin County who's point seven four seven who who Franklin County has actually jumped around quite a bit. I know they were one. Uh, going into last week, I believe, or the week before, uh, but they jumped or followed down to three. But Boyle County sets at fourth with .739 and Corbin at five with .738. Now, talk to us a little bit about the KHSA setup with, uh, you know, how the playoff scenarios work with that lineup. And we talked to a little bit about last week on the podcast, but we want to bring you on this week to talk a little bit about how uh, more information on how that works and how it sets up. Yeah, that's right. That you've got in each class, you've got eight districts, uh, four in the east and four in the west. So um, you can go on the KHSA website and pull up the football district standings. If you're, if you know, most people don't have all the districts memorized. Mm-hmm. It's brand new classes this year. So um, 
for example, like like if you got uh, the district uh, with, uh, let me scroll down here and find the districts with Boyle County. So uh, Boyle County, they're in District 7. Uh, and then, so their sister district is uh, District 8. So right. in, the, in the first round, uh, you know, if you're the one seed, you host the four seed of the opposite region uh, or the opposite district. And then if you win that one, then you host the... Um, the probably the second seat of the opposite district or the third seat of your district you would host. So, right. Um, so really you just basically, you want to look at your district and the sister district and then see if there's three or more really good teams. And if so, an alarm goes off and you're like, wait a second, only two of these are, are, <laughs> are going to make it. So you can kind of see like what the big matchup is going to be in the second round. Um, so that's kind of how the first two rounds work. There's no RPI. It just matters like where you fall within your district and who your sister district is, which is different than prior dis- prior years where you just played within your district. Right. I think that makes it a little bit more competitive, uh, you know, for over the over the stretch here coming down these next couple of years, because I feel like, you know, especially in Bull County's district, you know, it seemed like everybody in their district was, you know, they were to the semifinal game. It was always, comp- you know, less competitive. But then now speaking of how the districts are play out. It seems like now, you know, starting with the second, third, and fourth round might be a little bit more competitive. Yeah, that that's right. It it gives teams a chance if they're in there with a Boyle County or a, or a Corbin or a great team in their district. It's it gives you a chance to win a couple games where in the past you would have been out in the second round because you had to go against that juggernaut in your own district. Right, and and those districts that have the five team district now, most likely the fifth team is automatically going to be eliminated. So especially if we're talking about Boyle County's district, District 7, you had uh, Russell County that was eliminated. So they're out of the playoffs. Right. Is that correct? Uh, yes, I think that's that's how generally how they do it, unless there's some classes have three in a district and then they'll move one over. But I don't think they're, okay. they're doing that in that in this case. Okay. So let's talk about the potential matchups here since we're speaking about Boyle County. So that first round matchup with Boyle County, who do you see out of the sister district with the first two rounds for them being able to would most likely be the most likely scenarios for them in the first two rounds? Well, uh, so they're Boyle County is going to be the one seed. So they're, they're going to host. And uh, it looks like you got three teams uh, with the same record, uh, Whitley County, Perry County Central and Letcher County Central. So I believe in that case, they go by the RPI. So it mm-hmm. would probably be whoever has the lowest RPI after uh, next week's game. This so let me pull up the uh, – go back to the RPI here. Let's see. Whitley, Perry Central, and Letcher. So none of them have a really high RPI. Whitley is 17, Letcher 16. And Perry Central, 13. Um, and it's really hard to even look at the last week's opponent and compare because right. um, it's all about what did, what, how, how did the teams you beat, how did they do in the last week? How did the teams that they right. played do in the last week? So it, it looks like it'd probably be either Letcher County Central or Whitley County since those are, you know, the two at the bottom. Well, let's talk a little bit about the the third round. So, and and when you talk about the third round, this is where the RPI would kick in, and RPIs would stop at the end of the regular season. So, after next week's games, RPI cuts off. So, whatever the RPI scenario is, this is where you land. So, when you look about the third round potential matchups, and let's all assume that Boyle ends up making that third round uh, playoff, what 
would be the likely third round matchup based on the outcome of this week's games. And I know if you speak in, if we're talking about Boyle County, Boyle County actually travels to Frederick Douglass on Friday night, which is one of the most highly anticipated games in the state right now. And, and when you look at Frederick Douglass's RPI, it's fairly low, um, but the playoff scenario in 4A would make a big difference here because Corbin actually uh, beat Frederick Douglass at Corbin earlier in the year. And this is the scenario that uh, a lot of people like to talk about. So when he, when you look at this Frederick Douglass Boyle County matchup, what would likely be the third round matchup based on the outcome of this games, if Boyle was to win or if Boyle was to lose? Yeah. So um, basically w- what you want to do now is you want to look at just the East because the, the way it works is in the quarterfinals, it's only four East teams play each other and the four West teams play each other. So, um, so you would want to look and see wh- where do they fall in line in the East, and then where does um, you know are there any upsets in the first two rounds? Um, so there, as you said, there's no bracket; they redraw mm-hmm. this. So, for example, you want to look at the other. You know, let's assume that Boyle and Corbin come out of both win their first two games. I think that's mm-hmm. a pretty good assumption. Yeah, and um, and let's say they're both there. Um, then on the other side of the East, you're going to have a good second round matchup likely between Cohen Catholic and Ashland mm-hmm. um, because, you know, Johnson Central earned the one right. by beating Ashland. Um, Which is a surprise and for a lot of people, especially for me, when I looked at that schedule or looked at the scores last night. Yeah, Johnson Central has been getting better. They, they're, they're getting healthy and, and they were playing at home, but it's a little bit surprising. I expected a close game, but that was a big district battle, so – um, so basically, uh, let's assume let's assume that Covenant Catholic beats Ashland, okay? Um, mm-hmm. Because Johnson Central, you know, they, they just beat Ashland. So then it would be it would be Covenant Catholic, Johnson Central. Let's let's assume Johnson Central makes it. Right. Let's say they beat Mason County. They they got a pretty good team in the second round. So you got Covcath, Johnson Central, Boyle, and Corbin. So you want to look at the RPI of those four teams only. And uh, it looks like that Covington Catholic, you know, has a, a really strong RPI, as you mentioned, at mm-hmm. .768. I don't think there's any catch in them. Um, yeah. As you mentioned, because Douglas has a low RPI because they've lost to some out-of-state teams and the RPI doesn't factor that in very well. Um, so so, so I think that let, – let's assume that Boyle beats Douglas. Um, mm-hmm. It looks like it would be – Boyle hosting Corbin, which would be, you know, that's a potential <laughs> state state championship, you know, rematch. Um, but let, if Boyle loses, then okay, then maybe Boyle travels to Corbin, you know. So, so that that's kind of a, a big matchup. And then, you know, so I've got Johnson Central at Covcath, and then probably Corbin at Boyle. So, you know, get your tickets now for for, the, <laughs> for that one. So, is there any likely scenario um, where? The contract where Boyle would not be playing Corbin in that third round. Yeah, so if Covenant Catholic gets upset, um, okay, if they lose to Ashland, which you know they could. I mean, Covenant Catholic has Willie Rodriguez; he's going to UK. They yeah, they got a top five team in the state, but you know Ashland could beat him, so I could see that. Other than that, um, I don't think Johnson Central they're not going to catch Boyle or Corbin, so. Unless Covcath loses or Boyle or Corbin somehow lose in the first two rounds, it looks like that's going to be the matchup because um, because Ashland um, their RPI is down to point six nine nine, which is a you know that dropped them down below Boyle mm-hmm. and Corbin, 
Now let me see if who Ashland has in this last. Let's see if they have one more game left. Uh, so they've got. Let's see. They've got Simon Kitten. They got a. They're mm-hmm. a pretty good six A team, but I don't think I don't think Ashland's going to catch. You know, catch them. And, and even so, I think Ashland's going to lose to Cuff Cat. Yeah. So the overall 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 picture would be is the most likely percentage opponent in Boyle in that third round would end up being Corbin. It just depends on would it be at Corbin or would it be at Boyle. Yes, and that's where it probably comes down to this Douglas game because I think Corbin's done. I think they're uh, yeah, I think they're out. So yeah, is it at Boyle? Is it at Corbin? And you know, I'm sure you guys would get into that game, but I mean, yeah, Corbin would scare me a little bit if I'm Boyle, just because I think Boyle has the advantage. But the defense, I mean, the right the, those two guys, it's like Tommy Z, Tommy Ziesmer, you know, times mm-hmm. two on the other side. That that's going to be tough. Yeah. Well, Troy, man, we appreciate you coming on here, talking to us a little bit about this, uh, the potential matchups with when we talk about the Class 4A. And, and, I, and I don't know if you've listened to our podcast over the past couple of weeks, but we, we've been leaning on for these last two weeks for a while to talk about this, how 4A was going to work out. And, and it's jumped so much between the 1 and the 5. And, and one other question I want to throw at you here before I let you go. Uh, when you talk about, uh, you know, teams on your schedule, um, like, for instance, in Boyles, you know, the teams like Danville, who has not won uh, a game this season and, and playing teams out of state, um, that significantly hurts teams' RPIs, especially when it comes down to late playoffs, correct? Yeah. Uh, if you if you play a team that's out of state, like Douglas played one of the top teams in Ohio, one of the top teams in Indiana, and uh, Trinity usually does that too. And, and if you drop a game, the RPI is going to act like you dropped a game against like a me- mediocre 500 team um in Kentucky so that's really going to hurt you if you lose out of state games and 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 yeah like look at LCA they're in a really terrible district nothing they can Mm -hmm. do but they're I mean you know that's really going to hurt you so scheduling strong is important scheduling higher classes is important you can get a Mm -hmm. class bump if you play a 5a or 6a school um so yeah that that's good I also wanted to mention for the semifinals it looks like Tillman and Franklin County will come out of the west so I'd say they'd be the most likely opponents, um, but it, re- it would depend mm-hmm. on the RPI. But, you know, Boyle, Boyle might be traveling to either, you know, a long way, maybe to either Tillman or to Franklin County, a- as you mentioned. So Gee. just something to look ahead to. <laughs> it's a lot of moving parts to happen over the next two to three weeks, and we look forward to, to following that. But, Troy, man, we appreciate you coming on here for this segment and talking to us a little bit about the breakdown of Class 4A. And, and if you guys want to follow Troy, he uh, follow him on uh, on Twitter or the new X at T-E-E-R-O-Y-H-O-W-E-L-L. And that's T-Roy Howe, at T-Roy Howe. And, Troy, man, we appreciate you coming on here, man, talking to us a little bit about this uh, Class 4A. But we hope to get, maybe get you on here for basketball preseason as well to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm working on my top 25 right now, and um, I appreciate all all you all do with the podcast and putting stuff on social media, keeping us informed because, you know, we can only go to one game a night, so it's good <laughs> to see what's going on throughout the state. And I might see you at Boyle County a game on Friday because I'm planning on being over here at Douglas. So I'm excited. Awesome. Uh, I know, I know. A lot of times when I'm at the games, and me and me and Kenny are at games, so I like to I follow you a lot of your games that you're at, so it keeps me informed. I got it on notifications. So, oh, thank you, man, man Troy. We appreciate you coming on here this week, and we look forward to talking to you soon. Okay. Okay. See you later. <laughs>
See you. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to this re- this week's episode of Twelfth Region Sports Podcast. We'll be right back. Hubble Hill Farm in Stanford, Kentucky has been producing pumpkins for local families since 2018. A great variety and great prices. So whether it be this fall or next fall, go get your pumpkins from Hubble Hill Farm. Hubble Hill Farms are huge supporters of 12th Region student athletes. Hey guys, make sure that you check out our nightly scoreboards on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram brought to you by Stuart Powell, Ford Mazda of Danville, Kentucky. And also weekly, our offensive and defensive players of the week brought to you by Amy Hazlett Insurance Agency out of Danville as well. Guys, stay up to date. guys welcome back to this week's episode of the 12th region sports podcast we are joined now by another special guest uh he is a junior at danville high school he plays offensive tackle for the danville admirals we are joined by mr aiden lanigan aiden how are you sir i'm doing good today what about you good man hey you're uh you're pretty good at that podcast you come real real quick are you uh you interested in getting into <laughs> some media stuff well, uh, I've been taking lots of media media arts classes throughout the years in high school, and uh, I've always had an interest in that kind of stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> so, in other words, you're basically saying I need to get you in touch with White Raven Media and uh, and get you on board with some of the stuff we got going on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, man, let's talk a little bit about you. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, where did you first find the love of playing football? Okay, so I started playing football in my seventh year of middle school. And mm-hmm. at first it was just a way for me to, you know, kind of get out frustrations and stuff like that. And it was it was always good to stay active. But, you know, then I learned about you get the relationships you can build and, you know, you, you learn lots of good, really good life lessons. Kind of continue to pursue the sport. So you first started playing football just basically because you just wanted to hit people, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and get away with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and My dad's you know, always been a big football fan, and so. Okay. He's he not a 49ers school, fan, is he? No, no. Okay, thank God. <laughs> but, uh. So what about football makes you, you know, who you are? Like, what, what's it about football that brings out, you would say, the best that you would say? Um, I feel like I can – I've always been uh, a good team player and a good leader, and I feel like a lot of people on my team agree with that. And I've been told by the coaches many times. I, I help a lot of the younger guys, you know, do what they need to do to help the team, whether that's, you know, telling them what to do so that way we can get better if they're on scout team or something like that. 
or if they get in a game and they don't really know what's going on, if I can help them out in any way that betters the team, then that's what uh, that's what I'll do. So, Aiden, do you play any other sports besides football, or are you just strictly football? Um, I throw discus and shot put in the in oh, really? the spring. Okay. Yeah. So, talk to me a little bit about that, because uh, you know that actually might be a good idea for our next Kenny's corner there. Kind of get Kenny involved with doing a little bit of discus. So, talk to us a little bit about yeah. how that works, because I'm not familiar with with track and field as much as I am other other sports. So, what's that involved? So. Starts off with um, every single meet that you go to, they'll have different times set up for different events. And so we'll usually have shot put first. And then whenever we go to that shot put event, um, they'll basically just line you up, age and, you know, whatever number you have. And then they'll let you go out. You'll do three throws. They'll take the best out of those three. And then you go to the back and then you have to wait to the next round. You get two rounds. So, okay. Well, two, sometimes three, it depends. Every single meet's different, and uh, the regulations on those kinds of things. And discus is, it's a lot of the same, except with discus, it's, uh, you're allowed to get, like, warm-up throws in the beginning, yeah. and stuff like that. So, so is shot put the one that's, you got the, like, the big heavy ball on your shoulder, right? Yes, sir. Oh, geez, okay. So, so how heavy is those things? I'm curious, like, how heavy is those, that, those, the balls that's on your shoulder? So the ones that we throw for comp- like competitions uh, are 12 yeah. pounds, but to, to warm up and to practice and stuff, we use 12, we use 16 pound balls. Jeez. Yeah. I, yeah. I could never do something like that. That is, that's insane. You got, like I said, <laughs> you guys are athletes, man, when it comes to that. But so let me jump back to football here a little bit. Um, you know, what's some things, well, I'm going to jump to this before I do warn about football. What's some things outside of football and, and of course, in track and field that you enjoy doing other than football and, and playing sports? Uh, well, right now I'm uh, pursuing my pilot's license for about, I'd say, a year now. We've been doing training really? lessons twice a week. Okay. Yeah. And so that's been um, that's been a real big thing I've been doing. And uh, recently we um, – we got we moved to a new house and so I've been pursuing a lot more outdoor activities outside of football. So uh so, so when you say pilot, are you stuff. talking about are you talking about go like flying, pilot flying? Yes, sir. That's awesome, man. Like see that's that's one of the interesting things when we do these podcasts is you find you find the little things outside of the actual sport about yeah. you guys that is very like very intriguing because uh we had some that talk about how they're, you know, they're in the theater on the outside and they're going to want to go be actors and stuff. So it's like, this stuff's pretty interesting, but um, I'm going to jump now to back to football just a little bit. Uh, you know, talking about your team there, what's it like, uh, you know, playing for, you know, the new head coach there, coach Frank Parks there at Danville. Um, I really, I really enjoy his coaching style. He's, mm-hmm. he's a lot more old school in the way that, he he cares more about dedication yeah. than probably just raw raw skills for a lot of these guys. And right. he really, if you if you really put in the work and do what you have to do, he'll he'll mm-hmm. reward you for that. And and regardless of who you are, he treats all of us the same, which I think is also a really really big part that really draws me to his coaching style. Right. And you know, you guys are pretty young this season, and you guys, of course, you guys are zero and nine. But you know, in, in reality, is 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 everybody's got to start at a at a certain point. 
and then that's how programs get better. But, um, you know, you guys have – you guys are you guys are off this week or you guys are playing – you guys have last game? Uh, yeah, we are playing – we're playing our last regular season game this week, and then next week we play um, our first playoff game. And so – First playoff. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, nobody sees the dedication and stuff when it goes into, you know, the outside of practices and or – Flip side, nobody sees the dedication that goes into this type of stuff other than the games. Everybody yeah. just sees the games, but they don't see, you know, the backfield into how the practices go that whole week. So are you specifically out whenever you graduate from, from Danville High School, are you looking to get into something, you know, in the, in a program out of college? Are you looking to go anywhere? Um, I've been really interested in Eastern Kentucky University. And um, oh, okay, you. I really like – yeah. <laughs> I really like uh, their programs there. Yeah, <laughs> and they've got um, they've got really good aviation programs that I could pursue there with a scholarship. So that would be. Um, I also like Moorhead. Moorhead's a really good school mm-hmm. for um, my like. Uh, I also pursue media arts and stuff. So Moorhead mm-hmm. has good programs for that. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I graduated from EKU too. So yeah, they they've always had really good programs when it comes to athletic training and then the aviation program. It's insane over there. They got their own little uh, facility and their own, it feels like they got their own little like buildings and their own separate campus. But yeah. uh, So man, I had, you've been such a good interview. I've had a bunch of questions here to ask, but you've actually answered four or five in a row. So, okay. So, (laughs) and if you had to choose one place in the whole world to go to, where would you want to go? I'd say, in your aspect, fly there because you're gonna be a you're gonna be a pilot. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much fun. A bunch of water underneath you for <laughs> twelve or six hours. But I'd probably go to Japan because um, I'm really into you know cars, like working on them, reading about them, uh-huh. going to car shows and stuff. And they've got they've got all the all the stuff I like down there. So <laughs> awesome. So if you had to pick some, if you had to pick one person from your football team this season to to get a freestyle battle and win, who would you choose? I'd probably choose <laughs> probably. Please our, don't uh, say it's Brayden. Cause I was going to say, please don't say Brayden. Cause I, I know he's already got some free, freestyle skills. So. I think I'm, I'm probably going to have to go with Brayden on this one. I'm sorry. I, I have to. <laughs> he's definitely, right, Braden, he's Braden. definitely. I'm going to have to get Brayden on here to get some freestyle going on with this. So, Oh yeah. Tell him, tell him I, I recommended him. <laughs> all right Aiden man we appreciate you coming on here man I know just so I'm, I'm not gonna keep you too much longer but just real quick I want you to just talk a little bit about your about your season this this year and then talk a little bit about um you know what it's been like over these past um you know eight or nine weeks um you know since you guys started off the season very beginning and what's it been like you know over the grind over these past eight weeks leading to the playoffs coming next week okay so um Season isn't really going in the direction that we planned, but I mean, then again, like you said earlier, we have a really young team, and we've had a lot of guys either injured or you know left, and it's just been, it's been a real you know, it's been hard. But a lot of our guys are really dedicated, and they're good workers, and so I feel like next year, whenever we have a little bit older of a team, mm-hmm. team, that a lot of these guys who, who are you know joking around this year and not taking it as seriously will finally realize that they need to be, you know, locking in because of, because this, this may not, you know, matter to them too. There's seniors and juniors on this team that, you know, a lot of us yeah. 
really try hard and we we put a lot into it and so i just hope to reap that benefit well man i I know i know the key word there you said was dedication i know a lot of people probably didn't pick up on that but me as a coach like i i pick up on that because it's it's one word that you know literally you at the younger levels like freshman and sophomore they don't really understand that just yet but when you become juniors and seniors they finally figure out that it, it means a lot so but man, Aiden, man, you've been a pleasure, dude, coming on here and talking this week, and and you know, I look forward to seeing your career grow, and and I hope and hope you guys do a good next next couple of weeks, and we look forward to following you. Okay, I appreciate. It. Yes, sir. All right, guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Twelfth Region Sports Podcast. We'll see you later. Hey, if you want to stay up to date on everything 12th Region Sports, hey, go check us out. 12th Region Sports Podcast, 12th Region Sports Network. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Snapchat. Don't miss a thing 12th Region related. Stick with us. We'll take care of you. 12th Region Sports Network.